Be proactive on the phones, empower your staff to be able to solve problems quickly and get the appointment. Focus on Facebook groups next door, focus on referrals, focus on getting all the home service businesses in your area to refer you, focus on relationships, focus on scaling positivity. How's it going? It's Tim Brown, and this is the Plumbing and HVAC Hustle Podcast, and I have Ryan Shute of Wizard of Ads on. How you doing, sir? I'm great. How are you? Doing very good. We're going to be talking about building brand loyalty with emotion and the chemicals that are actually happening in our brain when we look at an advertisement and when we are experiencing marketing. And we're going to be talking about story as well. Um... But first, Ryan, could you just give us like a two-minute synopsis of your background um, and where you came from, where you're at now? What, what are you up to? Yeah, sure. Look, I, uh, I uh, started off in retail a long time ago in the, in the business world. Um, I had uh, been in the reserves prior to that. And uh, ultimately what it, what it boiled down to was, was getting out of, out of retail and into uh, training and, and that, that took me all around the world. When I uh, finished uh, my international uh, marketing and sales gig, I uh, came back, started doing classes at the Wizard of Ads, uh, Wizard Academy in, in Buda, Texas, and uh, met Roy, and, and that's where I really kind of learned that uh, how little I really knew about marketing and, and um, what other tactics and strategies uh, were available to this universe. So for the last seven years, I've been studying and, and practicing that uh, under under uh, Roy Williams himself. I uh, learned an incredible amount and, and now have a uh, large agency within the Wizard of Ads uh, group that, that allows me to deliver these services to people all, all, all across America. So something that we're going to dive into briefly at the front end of this podcast and in more depth at the end of this podcast is the biological basis of customer loyalty and how it relates to marketing. How can we build brand loyalty and why does it relate to the biology of our brains? Can you give us a, a little mini version of this masterclass here and then we'll talk about it at the end. I just don't yeah. wanna, I, I do know it's kinda deep for an average business owner. So we're gonna talk about briefly and then we're gonna dive in at the end um, amongst other things that we're talking about. Yeah, absolutely, you know it's, the world talks about psychology all the time, and psychology doesn't change. No matter where I went across the, the globe, the psychology of people doesn't change. Now, economies change, cultures change, you know, and, and behaviors come out of that, but psychology doesn't. The reason it doesn't is because their bi biology doesn't, right? We, we're firing those same chemicals that, that happen, that, that have us do things. So we can trust those things to continue happening now, uh, a hundred years ago, a thousand years ago, ten thousand years ago, and ten thousand years from now, we anticipate those chemicals will do the same things. So, what it breaks down into is, is is two big buckets, right? Bucket number one is dopamine, and bucket number two is what we call the the cocktail of H and N chemicals, the here and now chemicals. These are the chemicals that move us in the present moment, and ultimately those are the chemicals that are, are associated to loyalty and bond. What are some examples of those, the here and now chemicals? Serotonin, oxytocin, uh, 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 endocannabinoids, testosterone, um, 
endorphins are all part of the agent mm. and cocktail that we that we talk about so those are the things that are having us bond with others dopamine think of dopamine as um, a one-night stand dopamine mm. is the lust dopamine is the anticipation uh, dopamine is the pursuit of happiness not mm. happiness itself uh, the H&N chemicals are happiness our gratitude, our, our gratefulness, our humility, mm. they're bonding. They're those moments where we bond tightly, where we create an affinity with small children and pets. Let's, let's give that, I mean, that's one reason why these social posts that HVAC companies put up with a, with a puppy or their kid in their, you know, swag or whatever, kind of ingrain the brand in a deeper, kind of more familiar way yeah. Um, is there a little bit of any other things that we could kind of say quickly that would are the types of marketing activities that create this here and now chemical cocktail mix for our people? So, like, if we could give a few examples to to kick us off. Yeah. No. Ab absolutely. You know, the the here and now chemicals are are quite frankly, the most important chemicals. The dopamine is important for marketing to get right in the activation side of, of marketing, the getting their attention and then keeping their interest. Those are two very, very critical parts of, of the dopamine function. But where we need to bring these customers in feeling dopamine for us into feeling the H&N chemicals, the loyalty to us, the loyalty to our brand, those can be activated through delivering extraordinary value. You think about your, 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 your kids, you know, and, and, and I think about the impetuous teenager who always has their hands stuck out for another $100 or $200, you know, give me money kind of, of thing. And you're like, I am sick of your shenanigans. I'm, I'm, I'm out, right? And, and you're like, I'm, you're dead to me. And, and the same thing goes with relationships. If you're the one that's always texting a, a person and they're never texting you, how long do you stop? before you stop texting if you're constantly asking them you know buy something from me buy something from me buy something from me um, I've got something on sale 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 how long before they tune out right mm. you're those are all dopaminergic functions you're not yep. going to win the game there what we're trying to create are the H and N uh, chemical reactions the bonding mm. reactions so that they go that's my people those are my tribe. These are the people I ride and die with. These are the people that I refer when I say, you got a guy in the HVAC business? It's always this guy, right? Plumber, always this guy. When you can activate those chemicals because you're doing things that make people feel good about you, you win. So, so one, one might be like doing charitable things in the, the community, correct? Like that would be like a, activating that potentially? Yeah. Um, sponsoring teams might sponsoring, be one. Sponsoring local teams, yeah, yes, like your little sponsoring. your little league teams. Yeah. Um, heck, it boils down to the colors you wear, right? Certain mm -hmm. colors are going to express more sentiment than others. Um, participating as a good community member, right? You're giving away that HVAC system to somebody in need. Mm. We have an amazing client, uh, Dylan Rucker, who's. Uh, uh, at All Heart Heating and Air, and he, he, he gives away money every single month to different charities, all local, that don't qualify for the classic kind of uh, charitable donations, and he's got people who apply 
on their behalf, and then he, he, he picks one of those people, and then they announce the winner, and then mm -hmm. what the next one's going to be. And it just goes on every month for 12 months out of the year. So he's, he's created an environment where people look at it and go, yeah, he's, he's a genuine, authentic part of this community. Now, Would you say that giving away free information, let's say if you were showing people how to do certain things, like, like how to fix something small on their you know, HVAC unit or their um, toilet or something like that, could you see that, could that be one of these things too that helps create this mix? Like by giving yeah. away free information? Yeah, give, giving away free information and, and giving away revenue opportunity, right? So people value people who give something of value. Now, the difference between, between beliefs and value, I, Manly Miller is one of our partners, and he says, your beliefs are worthless. He goes, look, if, 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 uh, if you believe in justice and mercy... You're going to go to whatever's convenient for you. If you're a, an accused murderer, you want, you want mercy. If you're the victim's family, you want justice. It's when you do something hard that matters. And when you do something hard, in the, in the light of it could be easier for me to just not do that thing, uh, that's going to translate into your true values. And your true mm. values are going to be the thing that people value, right? Yes. So people talk about core values all the time. What they actually are talking about is their their assembly of beliefs. And it's lovely that they believe these things and under the right circumstances, they would do them. And those are nice things, but they're not their real value. Their real value lies in the thing that they're willing to do when it's hard for them. A perfect example is, is, is in the home service business, the, the company who stays open till midnight every single uh, day, seven days a week. Why? Well, because you now have to deal with after hour or, or a late shift or any of those types of things. You have to inconvenience your business, yourself, your revenue stream mm -hmm. to convenience your customer. What does the customer care about most? Themselves, their convenience. Yeah. Right? This, this reminds me of a home service business that did a video series called Cot Doing It Right. And it was, they did these videos when something went wrong, interestingly enough. Every time something went terribly wrong, like they had to completely replace something or it was expensive and they had to make it right, they right. would zoom in on it and do a video about it, essentially saying, we made a mistake. Right. We That's made powerful. a mistake, but we are the kind of company that fixes those mistakes. Right. And I think that that goes in with what you're saying. That that was very impactful. Like I think um, the business I'm thinking of, like one of the videos that they did, got a uh, hundred thousand views just because they it was such an expensive mistake that they had to remedy. Right. And that's that's a story of struggle, and 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 stories of struggle are powerful stories. Uh, look, you have to risk your you have to risk vulnerability. You have to, for intimacy, right? Mm -hmm. You have to risk being vulnerable to create an intimate bond. Think, think about your family and your friends, Tim. It's you're you're bonded to them because yep. you know all their bad parts as much as you know their good parts mm -hmm. and you're still there right 
and when they know your bad parts and they know your good parts, you, you're you're creating an environment of vulnerability. That's good. We have, we have a client who talked about being bankrupt in 2008 during the 2009 during the crash and and starting up from nothing and now runs a, a hugely successful company. His vulnerability, while it garnered some criticism online, um, we love that criticism because that criticism says we just made a person feel something about a home service company. Good mm. luck doing that today, yeah. right? It is hard to make yes. somebody feel something, and we know for every one person who criticizes, there's 10,000 people who adore that person. Yeah. And that's what powerful. other practical steps can businesses take to increase emotional connection? Yeah, well, the vulnerability is, is one of those things, being courageous enough to be vulnerable, because that's what opens you up to intimacy with your client base right as a and, and I mean it in a very platonic way and then those other opportunities where you like, like you said all of those things where we can do those soft little touches along the way but the real place that this matters is after the sale is made between the the, the time that they've bought something and the time that they need to purchase your thing the next time is the biggest wasted opportunity and one you don't talk to them at all or two you spend all your time talking about a sales message when what you should be doing is talking about uh, a nurture message mm. bonding with them bonding moments between there's no such thing as an existing customer that is a misnomer in this industry there is a previous customer and there is a current customer and there is a prospect there's leads that come in pre-prospect that's it so an existing customer is not a real thing it's a potential future customer if we treat them right between the time they bought last and the time they decide to use us or not use us the mm. next so totally. what we're doing in that period of time is the most important period of time that we have the reason it is is because customers will spend on average 30 to 50 percent higher average ticket with us when they trust us, when they know the experience, they've seen themselves do it, and they're seeing themselves do it again. Not only that, very willingly give up five-star reviews, referrals unprompted un, uh, or, or un, uh, incentivized. The best motivation that you can give a, a customer is to do such great work that there's no need for you to pay them $100 to get you a new customer, that they're very willing to do that themselves without yeah. any money. Okay, we're going to make our way back very naturally to chemicals through the avenue of story here in a moment. Sounds but great. before we do that, do you have any ideas about like out-of-the-box marketing campaigns, examples of those types of things? I know that you're a fan of them. What are some out-of-the-box things that you've seen actually work for home service businesses and, and how do you come up with these? I think of them as... Ex I think of my out-of-the-box stuff as experiments. I'm an mm -hmm. experimenter. I'm always experimenting. Well, yes, and, and, and let's, let's, let's 
be, be certain to kind of articulate the difference between a campaign and a tactic and a strategy. Those, those are all three different things. A campaign lives within and, and amongst other things. A strategy is the overarching thing that's happening for the whole thing to come together uh, yeah. cohesively. What we're probably talking about more than anything is those, those tactics that, that are really, really effective. Let, yeah. let, me, let me throw a couple at you. One we used to call it guerrilla marketing back in the day. Guerrilla well, marketing. Well, and, and I'm, a, I'm a certified guerrilla marketing uh, uh, person. I, I worked with Jay Levinston uh, oh, back when awesome. he was alive, and, and uh, he, he was the godfather of, of guerrilla marketing. And that man came from Leo Burnett. Like, he was, he was the guy who came up with the Marlboro Man. Right, so it's like this. This is this is an incredibly talented individual, who uh, who did some extraordinary things in the marketing world. So guerrilla marketing, my favorite is the the double four leaf clover, um, with a little bit of a twist on door hangers. So the door hanger uh, uh, thing that I love the most is getting out to the four houses on either side of of the place that you just did a service work, and dropping off eight door hangers to to each one of the doors. Yes. Now, here's where it, it gets a little bit interesting. You go to Miniman Press or, or one of these other kind of printing companies, and they can not only produce the door hanger for you, which should not be salesy by nature. It should very much be um, uh, friendly and, and inviting and welcoming. Hey, I was just in your neighborhood servicing uh, one of your neighbors, and, and I wanted to introduce myself in the event that you ever needed uh, service. On the bottom of that door hanger, you would hear a fridge magnet. Mm. And the fridge magnet has your brand, the emergency phone number, emer saying the words emergency service for your, the services that you offer, and the, uh, and the web address. And that's it, right? And that thing is going to be a tiny little billboard that lives in their house for the next three years, five years, ten years, so forth. What he does is he teaches the most valuable team in your business. He'll just add nothing but profit. There's so much money left in the call center. So much money. If you're not at a 90% booking rate, showing empathy on the phone, smiling on the phone, making sure they're having a better day after they got off the phone with you, then you need to call Power Selling Pros and see Brady. As a homeowner, off the top, I want the magnet. I'm gonna use it to put other stuff on my fridge. That's it. It's nice to have magnets, and who buys magnets? No one buys magnets. Right, but we do right. want to be we want to be ever present, and this is this little tiny marketing touch that lives in their house. Don't make it ugly. Don't make it too ugly. Like you got to well, make these things kind of aesthetic, right? Like if they're they, gonna have they one, have to the be fridge. a little bit aesthetic. Yeah, you they want the housewife to like it. You know. Yeah, something that they'd be willing to put on their on their fridge. Um, to, to represent their brand because that's really what it all boils down yes, to. Yes, I love that. So that, that fridge magnet strategy is, is just that one step different than what you see uh, all, the, uh, all the other door hangers do. And, and when you have that magnet, you now will end up living in their house, not just in their garbage can within mm. 30 seconds of them ripping it off their door and sticking it in the garbage. Totally. So, that's a very cost-effective way of you being able to get into a whole bunch of people's houses and living rent-free for as long as they uh, own that fridge magnet, and that's probably going to be as long as they own that fridge. I love it. So um, the, the other thing is a, is a I'm sorry letter. Roofers are a great one for this, but anywhere where you're doing outside work, air conditioning, and siding, windows, anything else, and it's the same idea. You go to the kind of the eight houses around you, four at the very least, kind of all around you, 
and you just put a letter in saying, hey, I'm really sorry for any noise we make, any dirt we make, any, any fuss and muss. We don't want to make a, a, a cause you a problem. Plumbing is a great one, certainly for, for trenchless or trench work. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, we're re we really apologize for any disruption. If you have a problem that you want to uh, deal with with us, don't hesitate to call me directly. And it's the, either the manager or the owner's phone number on it. And there is zero selling allowed, but you've now just placed yourself in mm. four homes, eight homes around your company. You're doing like you're doing kind of PSA style, right? Like this yeah. is what I this is what like I do know from roofing because we're we've been over there for a while. Is the, they come in with kind of the PSA vibe. You got ideally you got like tools on you and stuff like that. You got the PSA vibe. You give it, and it's it's also just a reminder, like hey. Houses of this age often, and this is like David Carroll from Dope Marketing talks about this constantly, is houses of the similar age in the similar neighborhoods with the similar type of people. And mm -hmm. it's, if you're at that house, the, there's, a very, there's a strong likelihood that the systems are similarly aged in the houses around them. So if you're not doing this, what Ryan is describing, you just... You know, especially in this this time where it feels like there's like a little bit of anxiety for HVAC and plumbing businesses that like the lead flow is going down a bit, right? Stepping down, it's okay. This is a great time. You know, when I have lulls in my business, I say good, because then we can create systems and up upgrade what we've got going on. And this could be a massive upgrade to your business in this lull that you could take with you in the next big push, yeah. right? Because if they are the similar aged and the same types of systems in the same area, you just are missing out by not going to those neighbors and acting like a PSA, a friendly PSA. I love your strategy there. I think it's super smart. Well, and it's, it's, it's again, it's really about connecting with people on a human level you know, we're so obsessed with search engine optimization and AI and all of these things today that we lose sight of the things that don't change. And, mm -hmm. and the things that don't change are the psychology and biology of people. You know, the, the, the reality of it is, is that we're going to be swayed by economies and, and cultures, but we're not going to be swayed by our chemical makeup. Yeah. We're all going to continue doing those things 10 years from now. That's, that's from why now. I, when I, because I've been kind of training people a little bit with AI tools, and I always, I mix in some of the psychology of marketing in, and I'm like, by the way, this is mirroring. You know, we want to talk about existing happy customers and help them imagine themselves in a spot in the future with them being happy. Yeah. I, I kind of like mix it in. And I know that like the frosting, like people want the AI. And then I just mix in the, the persuasion and the, like the like psychology stuff because I think a lot of people, like if you don't know how to market and you don't know these fundamental components, these persuasion things, these brain chemicals, these principles, then your ability to leverage AI to do anything of substance is going to be trash. And as much as you're good at least finding those principles and telling it to use them, you could improve. And if right. you master them, you master these psychological principles, then the lever of AI is going to get really good. That's like where, because you know how to tell it 
the emphasis that you want on the persuasion and, and psychological truths of human beings, that's, that's almost where we should have more emphasis on that now. There should be more right. emphasis on these biological factors and storytelling because the busy work of marketing is getting easier. It mm -hmm. should. It should get easier. But then we have to study this stuff for and sure we, to make it we, good. We've, we've, we've been designed DNA-wise to, to be storytelling beasts well before there was written history, so prehistory, humans had been around for many, many, many tens of thousands of years, right? I mean, 99%, 97%, whatever, you know, different people have different theories um, of, of human history is lost. We, we don't know because we've had to tell stories for the majority of the time that humans or humanoids have existed uh, or coexisted. So what does that mean? That means that, that those chemicals are built in us to respond to those things. When yeah. we break it down to its constituent parts, that's where we have success. Something interesting, Tim, you said was, was mirroring. Well, mirroring comes from mirror neurons, and mirror neurons are the thing that allow us to mimic an action until we've uh, perfected or at least solidified that action in ourselves. We see that in, in primates all the time. but when you really kind of pull back and look at the neuroscience of it, it's because humans can't go where they first have not been in their brains. Humans mm -hmm. cannot go somewhere, so they can't hire you and have you come into their house until they have first done that sequence in their imagination. Their mm -hmm. imagination lives right before their decision-making faculty. Both the imagination and the decision-making faculty prefrontal cortex live on the right side of the brain where there is zero propensity or ability for words. Words live on the left side of the brain. So when we make a decision, we're making it chemically and emotionally through the feelings of those chemicals. Cortisol gives us a bad feeling. Dopamine gives us a, a, an anticipation feeling, right? Uh, uh, most people don't realize that, that um, neuropinephrine, the uh, adrenaline chemical is dopamine based <laughs> it's mm -hmm. you can't have adrenaline without dopamine right mm -hmm. so this addiction to drugs this addiction to adrenaline this addiction to changing things up and pursuing that new thing is truly an addiction to dopamine so the most addictive thing in the planet to human beings is dopamine that's that's incredible. I I wanna I wanna touch real quickly quickly on storytelling before we wrap up with some more chemical stuff because I I wanna dive into cortisol. I'm curious about its role in marketing because I I use it I think, but I also know that you can't sit on it. You know what I mean? Like you can't you have to quickly pivot from cortisol. But this is my this is my uh, I wanna check it with you because this is my guess. But I, I I'm not an expert in these chemicals. I haven't studied as much as you. One question I've got about story here. Can you provide examples of how storytelling and marketing has driven growth for home service businesses? Yeah, I mean, gosh, that's, that's pretty much all of our clients. Um, you know, we, we've, we've had in 2023, we had uh, a lot of people stay relatively flat or just a little bit up. We had a few people that were way, way up. Uh, we had one that went backwards. 
and ultimately there was very, very few that went backwards. The one that did, uh, they didn't answer their phone. So mm-hmm. if they answered their phone, they'd actually have been a, twice the size as, as, as they were. Uh, ultimately, what it boils down to is storytelling is so profoundly important to your exponential growth mm-hmm. that what we deliver and what we offer as a, as a, as a company, it comes from the core of it being story-based. We study more uh, screenwriting than we do ad writing. Right? Mm. We know the fundamentals of an ad, and that leans into the cortisol thing and, and the relief of cortisol. But the storytelling needs to have a, an arc to it. An ad that lives on its own is a great ad. We had a client who had an awesome ad, super funny, very, very clever, very good. And as long as it was playing, people liked it and remembered it. When it's gone, no one remembered the company's name. Cute and Clever will never outshine good storytelling, ever. Cute and Clever lives as long as a transactional ad would live in the moment for that period of time until it goes away. And then the company's name is forgotten because it was just the cute and cleverness of the ad that stuck. We can't build cute and clever. We do need to make entertaining ads. Uh, A great example of that is um, we have a a company uh, where they have a like a logo from 1972, and it's like never changed, and they refuse to change it. We're like, cool. Well, what are we gonna do with this? Well, it looks like like a 1950s cartoon line drawing of a of a Bowman. The name of the company is H. L. Bowman, and uh, frustratingly enough, there's an F.K. Bowman, who also is a home service company in the same town. So we had to figure out a way to lift H.L. Bowman out of the world of two different companies, all potentially getting this lead. Well, we created this character from the cartoon itself and turned it into a 1950s camp type of uh, superhero who comes in to save the day. And it's always this, like... 1950s lady who's like ooh, just totally flustered by the handsomeness you know impossibly handsome hl bowman who comes in to save the day he shoots Mm -hmm. a bow it does the little uh, bow making sound how can i can i be of assistance or can i be of service Mm -hmm. we embed that embed that embed that every single time it's a new story it's a new kind of like the original batman series you know Mm -hmm. use the same bat channel same bat time kind of thing with H. H. L. Bowman, and we say the company's name like seven times every single commercial, mm. and not in a contrived way, but in a goofy, silly, cartoonish kind of way that has people literally singing this to our 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 staff, the staff of the of the company, when they're in their trucks, they're crossing the street, and they're like saying, "Can I be of assistance?" As they post, or they uh, say the H. L. Bowman Bowman, and like. This is the kind of thing that yeah. gives you astounding success in telling stories. I love it. How can businesses find and articulate their unique stories in a crowded market? Yeah, th- th- that's an awesome question. The, 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 the real answer to that is, is um, tell your truth. Tell your real story. Now, when I say tell your real story, there's two ways you can do that. One, you can tell your origin story. 
but let's all agree that 99% of companies' origin stories are astoundingly boring and no one cares, mm-hmm. right? They, they, you know, bought it from some guy who, um, you know, was a crusty old dude in the business and didn't do a great job but did decent work and grew to the length of his shadow. Like, we're not going to put that on air. The second thing is, is what are the things that you're doing distinctively different, not just different, different, like everyone else, like booties and background checks and, you know, smart techs and convenient hours. But I'm talking distinctively different than your competition. And talk about that as your one big thing. That's your anchor. Now, in doing so, you can create this pain and then solve that pain within your advertising. When you do that, you're building a brand because you're making somebody feel a pain and then yeah, you're this, having, this, helping them feel, relieve that pain. See, see, I told you we were going to get back to these chemicals. So <laughs> this cortisol thing, that's what I feel like we're talking about a little bit, right? You're actually yeah. potentially instigating some cortisol, right? This is a stress chemical, right? Like, and I will say, I think I hear some of your, your ads in Minneapolis. Um, what is what is one of your clients? I think it's like uh, an act. It's a um, B something in Minneapolis. You know yeah, I do. Yes, BWS in in, BWS. in Minneapolis. Paul. BWS, and they, I will say, I think you get. I think you're hitting me with cortisol on purpose. Absolutely. Okay, yeah. so talk to me about that because what it, what is the way to you? So we talked about the H and N chemicals: serotonin, oxytocin, endorphins, dopamine for anticipation, oxytocin for comfort and familiarity. Cortisol is that stress chemical. Maybe fear, maybe anxiety, maybe a little bit of pain. And I do. Th- I use cortisol all the time. I think in my marketing, I try to hit them. Like I'm okay with somebody hates me a little bit, to be honest. And I do think you're very powerful in marketing. If you're okay, if you don't mind getting under their skin a touch, what are you doing with cortisol? How do you, how do you, you can't leave them on that though. You, you right. got to quickly kind of like make them feel good afterwards. Like you got to say, ah, you gotta, like that's like a, the, like the, the alarm noise, the red, you know, all that stuff. You kind of got to wake them up though. It's kind of interrupt interruptive almost yes so can you talk to me about how you think of that and how we can use that without making i mean i'm not saying uh, they can hate us but i want them to do business with us i don't know how do you think of this well the reality of 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 i want people to either love or hate me what i don't want them to do is feel indifferent the Mm -hmm. opposite of love is not hate the opposite of love and hate is indifference. Yeah. Indifference, indifference is a problem. Hate is never a problem because there's always going to be a hater. Haters are gonna hate. So get over it. Be okay with the knucklehead factor, and and lean into it. Now, when I when I it boils down to making people feel the negative resonance, right? There's two parts of negative resonance. There's negative resonance towards the company, and there's negative resonance towards the situation at hand. Mm-hmm. This all depends on what you're selling. If I'm selling uh, cars, I'm using a different strategy and pulling on, tugging on different uh, feelings than I am with a externally triggered grudge purchase, like an air conditioner or hot water tank, or an electric panel, or, mm-hmm. or a, um, a generator. And all of these things are going to 
uh, be specific to the thing that you're trying to sell. So first and foremost, we don't want them hating our company, but we also, more importantly, don't want them feeling indifferent to our company. Mm -hmm. If we look at the acronym SAFE, SAFE means stress, anxiety, frustration, right? All of these things that really stand out uh, as making them feel safe from that. We want them to feel safe from stress, safe from anxiety, safe from some frustration, right? When we do that, we're going to bring them back to a piece, what I call the baseline of happiness or the, the baseline of, of positive resonance, right? And we, 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 we measure resonance in vibration, but we also measure resonance in those chemicals that are making us vibrate, right? And mm -hmm. adrenaline makes us vibrate, and a dopamine makes us vibrate. Some things makes us feel really happy and positive. Some things make us feel really bad. We want to get away from those bad feelings as quickly as possible, not only in the moment, but in the future, right? So what are we doing? But a good story, like relating this to story too, like a good story has to have kind of something go wrong. What's so special about this conference is the fact that it's so intimate compared to others out there where you have hundreds of people where you can barely get FaceTime. The subject matter experts that we have here, it's just unmatched. There's hundreds of different groups out there, but not all groups do it the same way. And you're gonna learn something different here that can implement in your business. If you guys aren't at this event, what we just went over today with Joe Cacera step-by-step with a call-by-call is amazing. If your team is struggling with installations, with getting guys to perform, Got to be at this event for Joe Cacera. There's an escalation. It's, it's like in music, there's a crescendo and then there's a resolution, right? So we, we, we have this bad thing happens. If we look at the hero's journey, normal everyday guy, nothing's going on, something bad happens. Whoop. There's the, there's the anxiety stress, right? We're, we're now fighting a demon of some sort or something has made itself present. You know, they've taken my wife. They've, they, you know, my mother's been killed. Disney's classic, right? The mother always dies at the first, uh, first of the movie. And, the, and then it's this, you know, getting back to normal kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And the whole story is about getting back to normal. Cinderella, same story, right? And are you a big fan of like Donald Miller stuff too, or is that? Do you think of Donald Miller as like a student of this? Yeah, Do Donald Miller is is has has been speaking the same kinds of of things that Roy has uh, for the last you know for, for the last uh, ten years. Donald Miller is, has been a huge um, proponent of of this kind of storytelling. I, I, that's just the one I'm familiar with. So I'm gonna briefly like kind of like the in his thing i'm guessing it's similar to what you guys are doing but maybe not so tell me if i'm wrong like the the customer is the hero of the story and that the the home service business is the guide essentially <laughs> to yeah. them getting back to like the stasis of their life so something negative happens and in in many like copywriting and ad formulas it's like we actually have to aggravate the problem <laughs> Because yeah. no offense, like the, the AC's out, but it's only, you know, like 80 degrees or 70 degrees out. So it's not a big deal. We have to zoom in on that and talk about when it's going to be 80 degrees and 90 degrees right. in a few months so that yeah. they take action now and we can help them now. Right. So and then like 
you guide them to take action, and that's but it's the homeowner that's the hero of this story, not the the home service business. Do you kind of think that way, or is that um, that's that's exactly it. what that's that's exactly what it is. Both both narratives come from uh, Joseph Campbell, who who wrote yes, uh, big fan of his by the way. Yeah, he even got into marketing. Man of a thousand faces and and yeah. mythology, he he's really kind of laid the bedwork for the groundwork for that, and it really just comes down to understanding story and yeah. then leveraging story to help a person resolve the thing. People love for mystery. people that so for just for people that did not study his work. Um, essentially, the idea is Joseph Campbell analyzed all these legends and myths mm -hmm. from all, like some prehistory, right? Like word of mouth myths, things that like are deep in the subconscious and unconscious of humanity that, that keep coming up, common myths. That's and right. he kind of analyzed like, well, why? Why are these themes and this, this, why is this arch so similar? Why do we have so many of these stories <clears throat> that are like this? And um, essentially ties it back to the psychological principles of like our growth as human beings over over time and people right. that back down from the story of life and people that say hell yeah to the story of life and we're in a way in marketing tapping into that and trying to get more customers to say hell yeah i'm going to tackle this problem not back down from it well and it, it it boils down to exactly that tim it's coping mechanisms we, we have to be able to have a story that can continue to translate uh, generation to generation to cope with the realities of life um, this world is very cluttered now with information, and most of it is is nonsense. But the the foundational stuff that steer us still stays true, and will continue to for for generations. And story really does play a powerful role in that, because if you don't make somebody feel, you don't have them remember. The, mm -hmm. there's, a, there's a study in Stanford done many years ago now, and and it was around PTSD, and what they discovered was that emotions and the stronger the emotion the the emotion is what creates the adhesion it creates the glue that keeps a memory around yeah right if you don't have emotion you don't have glue which means the memories fade so core memories come from high peaks of emotion ptsd comes from high peaks of emotion the more we can get a person to feel something about our company because it's never going to be a high peak of emotion, it has to be an ongoing dribble of emotion where the, the shack turns into a McMansion back in that chemical part of the brain. Mm -hmm. And to do that, we're, we're tapping into that, those H&M those chemicals, serotonin, oxytocin, endorphins, dopamine. But like I, I'm, a, I'm a little bit of a hack sometimes, Ryan, you know, like, I just, I want to be remembered. You know what I mean? Like, and, and if you scroll through your Facebook, why does the, I'm just going to go down this way for a second. Like the wound, somebody puts a picture of their fucking foot that's just cut open on Facebook for some reason. Or cringe, the phenomenon of cringe yep. on TikTok and Reels right now where it's like something, ugh. It's like there's a guy with like, roaches in his bed or something like that and he's he's weird and he's like but it sticks out and all these these lives on TikTok where it's like somebody in some crazy situation and some of it's like like 
people like it's it's an odd phenomenon, but a lot of people are watching it. And yeah. you can't look away from a car crash. And right. I, I so sometimes I feel like I'm tapping into that. And I somebody said like if you're okay with some cringe in your social media, like the more you're comfortable with cringe, the better you can do quicker. Like some of us, you know, like okay, I, the ideal scenario for me is like probably funny, being funny. Like I love, I'm pursuing funny. I don't know if I'm getting there ever, but I'm pursuing funny, pursuing heartwarming. I'm trying to be part of the positive change in culture to to recognize the truth about the trades. So I'm trying to also be part of that movement and that's a positive thing for our brand. But I can't stop (laughs) the cringe thing. Like the cringe thing works in social media and kind of getting under people's skin works. So how much would you accept that if you were just a marketing manager for like a big home service brand how much would you accept the cringe and the painful emotion and maybe even some haters how much would you accept that if that was like your main job yeah look the the the, the haters are 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 easy because they're always going to be around that the cringes is is a very very careful line that that one has to to walk when we're when we're looking to align an emotion of our client with the emotion of the trigger that's happening because mm. this is an externally triggered grudge purchase we can expose the cringe of their situation that they're facing yes okay talking about the customer and their life is a great ad talking about ah. yourself and 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 your business is a bad ad so ah. The cringe needs to be about the customer in their life. They see, right, a cringe, for example, is did you know that when you're standing uh, in an inch of water while you're having a shower, you're standing in sewer? That's a cringe, right? That's also a statement. How do you articulate that? If you showed it and it turns brown, like that would be even more cringy, right? Well, that's, that's, that's cringy. But we also have to be able to reconcile that with our brand because we want the positive resonance yeah. with our brand, not the cringe. So would you say like if you were percentage-wise going to allow this, you'd allow less than like 5% of your brand stuff to be cringe? Or like what's the – if I'm looking for like a quick answer here on what percentage would you allow to be cringe? I understand this. You want it to be about the cringe of the customer not of the company what would you accept percentage-wise well that's a really hard question to 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 answer it would depend on how well they reconciled it reconciliation to the customer's brain to Mm -hmm. a positive resonance is what matters most so Mm -hmm. the the short version is it would depend on how powerfully the reconciliation was that's the problem ryan this is the problem with algorithms and like the fact that we eat in bite-sized chunks and these acidic, cringy moments, because they, they go viral. So you could do something cringe about the sewer water PSA in your shower and that would go viral. And then the like, if, unless you reconciled it in that, let's say nine second video, because this is what the attention span is, the, Unless you reconciled in that video, the video, it's like when apology 
uh, like does not go viral, but the, like the problem thing did, right? Like it's right. the negative goes viral, but then the positive kind of is buried and it's like got like 700 views or something like that. So that's the tough part about with algorithms. There's just, there's maybe more cringe because the brain for some reason loves problems. It zooms in on these things. I think that this is something that we're all struggling with, with the psychology of modern life. I don't think that we were made for this. I think that I'm hopefully that we'll evolve a little bit to be able to handle it. But I think that there's some overwhelm to modern life because algorithms will prioritize these negative things. And I don't love it, but it is how it works, kind of. Well, we, we have to kind of, um, you know, rank it on the who gives a shit meter as well, right? At no. the end of the day, um, somebody who casually doom scrolls past a cringe thing, are they going to remember your name, your brand, and all of those other things? Or are they going to remember the cringy thing? Mm -hmm. Are those elements that can be embedded into part of the, the narrative that is your brand? For example, we have a, a client who just did some testing around uh, pulling um, uh, chemicals and pathogens out of, out of water, and he was showing you know, a big goopy mess on top of the water, and he goes, would you drink this? I wouldn't. Um, uh, we're learning how to clean this now. Well, now now you've got a narrative where you're learning how to clean those pathogens out and those, those chemicals out of the water, which which reconciles it back. Just a static image, no no video about it, mm -hmm. and an interesting narrative. That's that's just such a minute piece of what's actually moving anything in his business. Mm -hmm. That it's good content from a stop and, and watch content and adds to a bucket of branding yeah. because branding is a compounding effect, but overall plays a relatively insignificant okay. role. Yeah, that's a, that's the tough part. Cause like, for instance, like trying, I'll be real. I've been trying to go viral this past year. I, I took me eight months. I finally did it. It was something super cringy that went viral, it went to 14 million views. And then I did it like, five more times in rapid six succession. Mine happened to be memes and then a few of them, like it was like a original video of me doing something and it was like, but they're almost all cringe. Sure. <laughs> and and I, like, I kind of hate that that's just what it, what it like to be able to go viral. That's the easiest way. That's, that that's is the easiest. That is it. Look, if, if you're not a, if you're not a, you know, a supermodel, then, then, then you're going to have to find, creative ways to, to to get out there but does can't all be influencers you know what i mean like it's, well does does virility move a, a, a local home service business and i would argue no. that it, it really doesn't play it doesn't, but it's fun to pursue more as like a like a as a marketer I, I agree i think we need to state that very clearly it doesn't move the fucking needle focus on Facebook groups next door, focus on referrals, focus on getting all the home service businesses in your area to refer you, focus on relationships, focus on scaling positivity. However, it is fun as a marketer. So like I, I've got like a marketer that I placed in a home service business. She's the marketing manager. I, I'm not like a recruiter, but I, as a close friend. So I helped him find her and she's really good. And so I think just with her extra time, she's gone, she's done some viral type stuff as well. With, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. She's, doing the, she's doing the basics well. And as a marketer, you kind of want to pursue this because it is part of the modern marketing mix to get hundreds of thousands of views if you can. I, I agree, though. It's not necessarily a good 
like primary focus? It's like the tenth thing on your list, probably. Ab absolutely, and and look, if revenue and or resources allow, you know, i.e., you know, you you've got a you know seventeen year old daughter or son who's who's just like, I want to do cool videos about your thing. Well. Look at look at a company like SB Mowing and SB Power Washing, where they they basically have a little intro where they hey can I clean your 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 lawn for free or this power wash your thing for free? Yeah. They, they make more money off of the, the the video that they put on YouTube and monetizing that than they would actually charging for this thing. That's now, beautiful. what are they doing? They're picking the the really high grass and the really dirty. Uh, uh, mm -hmm. lawns and the people who need help and then they do it in fast motion and and it's all asmr right it's totally satisfying i love and that just, and that's that's a really positive i love that if people can figure out how to <laughs> i think that's challenging but i think like if people can figure out how to go viral for satisfying and like that well, it's, not as, it's not as challenging oh, one thing in hvac that i've been seeing like just the cleaning of the of the units yeah. like that can there be really satisfying what c cleaning is one Stories of transformation mm -hmm. are deeply satisfying. Yeah. When you show somebody and it's their birthday and they, they're cutting the cake, no one gives a crap that somebody in your office is cutting a cake for their birthday this year. Mm -hmm. But if you were to show a picture of that person when they were a little kid, and it's a goofy old <laughs> picture of them as a kid, and then them as a 40-year-old adult working in your office, that will will get way more traction of the difference between the two. Transformation is is showing you something was before one way and is now different another way. Mm. Doing doing a um, a time lapse of you ripping out a unit and putting a new unit in, doing a um, a ripping off a roof, putting a roof on, uh, taking out a, a hot water tank, putting in a tankless system in. Let's go one step further. You take those cameras and put them into your training department. Now we're taking a tankless system and we have a team of four ripping apart a tankless to, to bare nuts and then right back to, to uh, fully assembled again. What you're telling a customer is two different things. One, that we know how to take these things apart and put them back together expertly. Two, that you have something transforming from something to nothing to something again. You're, you're keeping them on for watch time, but you now also have a training video that you could voice over and it doesn't even have to be about the tankless that you're taking apart and putting back together. It could be about this thing, about this customer that you were, you were dealing with that, um, you know, was a hoarder and you, it was really hard to get to the thing and you had to stand on st these stacks and then we ended up putting this thing in and cleaning it out and it was like a big transformation. Like, totally different story to the video you just watched, but now you've just hit them twice. Speaking of hoarders... I just saw a car drive by, by my wife and I this morning, and they had trash, like, piled up on the entire passenger seat, all the way up to the window. Like, they couldn't even see the car next to them. Crazy. Like, all the way around the entire thing. I literally, like, I was like, that person has to have, like, psychological, like, they have to be psychologically unwell. It's a, it's 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 a it's a thing you know that that really kind of gives them peace and comfort you know and this world is a crazy world and we're we're all getting to that baseline of happy in our different ways and uh, when we recognize that that's 
really what's what it's all boiling down to is that we're trying to take pain away mm -hmm. and sometimes it's about like you said exacerbating the pain recognizing that that customer could have that pain and if they did call us because mm -hmm. we're going to resolve that pain faster easier better than everyone else that's where you start to, to create the bond that's all dopamine all of that is into H and N's, those mm -hmm. those bonding chemicals. When you resolve their problem, be their guide, solve their problem, make it disappear, and then stop trying to sell them between the time they bought your last thing and the thing that they're going to buy next from you, and just instead, be the person that they know, like, and trust to be their guy when the time comes. Mm -hmm. Because we're not selling Lululemon pants, we're not selling cars, we're selling externally triggered grudge purchases. Oh, absolutely. Can you give us a couple books to maybe dive deeper into this stuff if people wanted to? Yeah, so two really good books if you're really curious about the chemical biology side of things. is uh, One is The Molecule of More by Daniel Lieberman and, uh, and Michael Long. And then The uh, Moral Molecule, and that's done by Paul J. Zak. Uh, those are two fascinating books on the, uh, on the subject. And... Uh, very useful as far as as kind of understanding predominantly um, um, oxytocin and and dopamine which are the two main players in this in this suite of players i'm super excited to dive into those those are i mean fascinating ryan thank you and, and for those of you who followed along i know that there was probably we went pretty deep there so there might have been some people that you're not ready for this on, on the marketing side, but if you did follow all the way along, um, thank you. Please get at Ryan if you want to improve your ads, if you want to create memorable ads. Ryan, can you give them your .com and where they should contact you? Yeah, for, for the uh, industry, contracting industry, residential home services, we have a subsite called wizardofads.contractors. That, uh, that specializes in that. That's where my, uh, my teams uh, of, of people who, who specialize in the home services space uh, live, and, and we do everything we can to, uh, to elevate these things and, 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 and create household names for, uh, for companies who really want to grow their business. Awesome. Thank you, Ryan. And the podcast is put on by hookagency.com, hook agency all over social. I actually have, sorry, I have two quick, I have a, some, a speed round here for you. Three quick questions. The first one is called Hot Takes and Cold Trends. Um, what is something that you think, a belief that you have that's controversial in the home services space, um, but you believe it very strongly? Uh, that, that TV and radio are dead, mass medias are dead. They're not anywhere close to dead. We know that for a fact, with undisputable data that we can reach 50% of your population in any city in America uh, with astounding reach and frequency for fractions of a, of a penny uh, per reach, meaning we can punch hard uh, and have you barking like a big dog telling your story and really getting people to know, like, and trust you before they need your thing. Awesome. And the second one is cold trends. So what's something you think people are spending time, money, energy, or effort on that they should stop doing? Yeah, peripherals, um, you know, the, the, the uh, spending time on, on the things that are just kind of outskirts, I can promise you without a, a shadow of a doubt that pretty much any channel can generate a lead for you. Don't worry about generating leads. Worry about finding people who want to do business with you and have them come in droves. They'll pay you way more today 
at a higher average sale and profit. Um, newspapers, um, outside uh, um, kind of support functions and a whole bunch of transactional advertising stuff isn't building you a brand. At most, you're getting name recognition. Awesome. And the last one is, what is, uh, it's called Money in the Phones. It's put on by powersellingpros.com. And the question is, what's something that you would recommend as far as call systems and uh, doing better at um, answering the phone? What are, what's a specific tip you've got around that? Two biggest things that I, I, I see, uh, actually I'll, I'll, I might even say three. Two, um, be proactive on the phones. Empower your staff to be able to solve problems quickly and get the appointment. Uh, empowerment is, is key. Uh, all of our successful companies give at least a 50, if not a $250 allowance to any of their CSRs to solve a person's problem right out of the gate without uh, asking. Uh, empowerment is key and stop asking people how did you hear about us that is probably some of the most inaccurate data that you'll ever see I've just wrote, uh, written an article on it um, using real real case scenarios we've done this hundreds of times and it has proven that there is never been an instance where you've collected accurate data uh, out of the many hundreds of times we've done that I'm very curious about that you gotta send that to me I just I just asked uh, we just put out a proposal for an HVAC company uh, they're working with us on all the services, and, and I just asked over lunch, over pizza, and I said, did you ask? And he said, yes, they Googled the best HVAC marketing agencies, and they found us. And yeah. I was excited. So I want to read that because I, I am I'm curious if, that, you know, if it's untrue. I will say also we use CallRail to track um, the, where the call came from. But that's last touch, right? That's not like... That's not saying, they may have Googled something, but what did they do before that? How many times did they hear about you before that, et cetera, right? Which I'm sure is what you're kind of talking about because your radio awesome. ad goes out and then they Google the name yeah. or, yeah. It's a, it's a combination of things, but it's yeah. also, it's also there's, there's so many things where people just make stuff up. It's, uh, it's, it's really fascinating when you start to see the, cra the crazy stuff that comes out of a, out of prospect or buyer's mouth. Buyers say, are liars, they say. Well, they are, but not not for ill intent most of the yes. time. Buyers are lie for two reasons: one, they they just didn't know and they made something up because it sounded good, or two, they're they're protecting themselves, which is their God-given right. They should be mm -hmm. protecting themselves because there's as many unscrupulous people out there trying to take advantage, uh, and that's a frustration that buyers have to have to face, and they don't know who the good guys and bad guys are. Mm -hmm. um, and, and it's our job to, to help them uh, make that assertion about our brands before they get to Google. Because if they're at Google, it's, you're rolling the dice. You've, you've already lost the game. Uh, you're going to pay the highest price to get the, uh, the, the most average of results. When in reality, what we want you to do is not have them go to Google at all. Just go right to your domain. Boom. Boom. I can't 100% agree. So I'm just going to say boom. And I like it. I like it. I like what you're going with this. And I am a big fan of people um, pushing on brands. So thank you, Ryan. Thank you for being part of this. I hope we get to chat again. Um, maybe on yours next time. I hear you got a podcast in, in the, the old uh, factory. We've got, a we've got a podcast in the works and we've got a new book coming up. And, uh, and uh, oh. looking forward to getting that out. I love it. What is it going to be called? It's called Frictionless. It's about uh, mm. 
eliminating friction out of your life and, and, and work. Awesome. Well, thank you, Ryan. Appreciate you, brother. Thanks for being on. Thank you.